Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, happy, happy new year. I am amazed. Here we are one more year. We made it through 2017, and we are starting a brand new year. So if you didn't listen, get to listen on Friday, I want you to make, to make sure that you go to the website and listen to that show, because we started on Friday, last Friday, how we are going to do our new year. And so I gave you six points that we're going to be really focusing on this week. And those are the position of intention, and we talked about that on Friday. We're going to bring the new year to a close and keep it closed, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to create new beginnings for myself. You're going to create new beginnings for yourself. We're going to manage our internal and external world. And we're going to practice living in love this year, and we are not going to worry. Not going to worry. So when we talked about the position of intention, the main point there was, is it going to be my will or God's will, my way or God's way? And so I gave you that great um, just thought that I want you to really memorize, and that's this idea that I used my free will to surrender my self-will to God's will. I use my free will to die to self-will, and I enter into God's will, which is perfect. And I gave you the Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 verse, and out of the Message Bible, it, I, I love this. It says, there's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the day Jesus Christ appears. So many, some of us, maybe Jesus will come in our lifetime and we will actually see him appear on earth. Otherwise, we will pass, and when we pass, we will see him, and the good work will be completed. And then, then we talked about this Proverbs uh, chapter 14, verse 12, out of the Message Bible, this verse that says, there's a way that looks harmless enough. Look again. It leads straight to hell. Sure, those people appear to be having a good time, but all that laughter will end in heartbreak. And if you, if you have ever done your will, your way, you know it's brought heartbreak. And so Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, out of the Message Bible, makes so much sense to me. And it's, it says, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. Just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. 
they will do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. God's decree. His ways, his will works. And we left off with this um, devotion from Streams in the Desert. And it says, not many of us are living at our best. We linger in the lowlands because we're afraid to climb the mountains. The steepness and ruggedness dismay us. So we stay in the misty valleys and do not learn the mystery of the hills. We do not know what we lose in our self-indulgence. What glory awaits us if only we had the courage for the mountain climb. What blessing we should find if only we would move to the uplands of God. So that position of intention for 2018 is that. Because we don't want it to be said of us that too low they build who build beneath the stars. We don't want to linger in the lowlands. We want to move to the uplands of God. And First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil. And that same verse in the Message Bible, I like to look at different translations. It says, Jabez was a better man than his brothers, a man of honor. His mother had named him Jabez. Oh, the pain. That's what Jabez stands for. That, that's what that name means, the pain. A painful birth. I bore him in great pain. Jabez prayed to the God of Israel. He said, bless me, oh, bless me. Give me land, large tracts of land, and provide your personal protection. Don't let evil hurt me. And God gave him what he asked. Now, I'm sure maybe many of you have read the, the little mini book, The Prayer of Jabez. And so this is part of the position of intention that we are doing for 2018, that we want God to enlarge, enlarge our tent, enlarge the land, give me large tracts of land, provide your personal protection, don't let evil hurt me. We want to be all that God has created us to be. We want to affect his world. We want to be the change agents of the world. So the second point, after the position of intention, is bringing the year to a close and keeping it closed. So here we are on New Year's Day. 2017 is over. So what does this mean? God made time and seasons for a reason. He knew we would need new beginnings. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it talks about there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build. So the reason that time is so important is God knew we would need new beginnings. He knew we would need things ended. There's a time for everything. So I want you, as you give your self-will, as you die to your self-will, and you enter into God's will, 
to be saying what needs to die and what needs to flourish. What needs to end, what needs to begin. We get these little mini seasons every time we go to bed and rise for a new day. It's like a new season. I rise, the day ends, and a new day begins. And so we need to appreciate being afforded new beginnings each day and follow God's practice. And this is Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 and 24 through 24. And we talked about this a little bit last Friday. And it says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. This is extremely important to see the importance of positioning the past in the past. And God tells us in Isaiah 55, he says, he puts our sins as far as the east is from the west. He remembers them no more. This is really truly because God does not need to learn from our sin. We do. So we still remember our past. But it doesn't mean that we bring our past into our present. Our past stays in the past and we learn from it so as not to repeat it. It's imperative that we go through the grief and loss process so that we reconcile and forgive others and ourselves so that the past is cleaned up. It's not changed, but it's cleaned up. It's truly dead. See, if we keep languishing, lingering, remembering the past, it stays present. And if it's in our present, it affects all of our decision-making, which then alters the future God has for us. This is why he wants the past to be in the past and that we remember it no more in terms of revisiting it or letting it be alive. So we need to go through many times the grief and loss process, and we've talked about that before on this show, and we'll do it, we'll do it again. And that is, you know, we're in shock, then we want to deny it, then we bargain, and the bargaining is the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only then. I try to figure out every way to make it not be so. And then I enter into probably anger. Then I do sadness and mourning, and I might go back to bargaining. And then I get angry again, and then I'm sad again, until I finally come to acceptance and forgiveness. And depending on how big the loss is, depending on how big the mistake is, or the sin is, grief and loss is not always a quick process. See, no one, no one likes to shock themselves. And the things or the memories that need to be resolved are the ones that still have energy. It, it's those, those memories that have that sinking feeling when I remember it, or the rush of adrenaline, or, or I close my eyes and I sigh. And these are past issues that I need to look at through the eyes of a healthy parent, an advocate, God. So I need to look at my past through my present self. And I need to have the same compassion when God says his mercies are new every morning. I need to have that same compassion on myself. 
as I do on others. Because I don't want the past to still be alive so that it's in my present and alters my future. Now, that's easier said than done. If we have, have had huge personal setbacks, if we have really made some big mistakes, sometimes there's a lot of cleanup that has to go in order to get over that and get past that. But nothing is too big to forgive. Nothing you've done is ever too big to forgive. And it's important that we give ourselves the gift of forgiveness just as we have talked about giving others the gift of forgiveness. Forgiveness is a Christ quality. God forgave the world. The entire world, everybody that will ever be born is already forgiven. So whether we accept it or not, God is already over it. He's over it. He got past it. He's moved on. He's doing new things. So doing God's way and God's will is that. It's moving on. It's forgiving. And, and forgiveness doesn't make something okay. Forgiveness doesn't minimize it. Forgiveness just simply means forgiveness. And forgiveness does not ensure intimacy. There are many people in my life that have truly wounded me to the point of abuse that I have absolutely forgiven. And they are free. That doesn't mean I have relationship with them. Relationship, the gift of intimacy, requires a safe person or at least a person that is working on being safe. Not a perfect person, but a safe person, a trustworthy person. Trustworthy people are not perfect people. Trustworthy people care more about hurting you than you care about how much they've hurt you. That's a trustworthy person. So forgiveness is not relegated only to trustworthy people. Forgiveness is given because that's Christ. And he has forgiven the world. So we are to forgive. So it doesn't mean we're taking away the importance of the offense or the mistake. But when it comes to forgiving ourselves, we realize that our behaviors do not always indicate who we are. What we are wanting is to have behaviors that reinforce and express who we truly are. This is who Jesus was. He was God in human form. So every behavior, every word, every gesture, every decision was an exact expression of who he authentically was and is. And that's the goal. None of us have attained it. This is why Philippians 1.6 is so important. It means that we must resolve, let it die, and not let there be live memories in the past. God is doing a new work in us. And Lamentations tells us that his mercies are new every morning. That he is faithful and loyal. So this also applies to successes. Just as I cannot continue to live in the shame and embarrassment of past behaviors or past hurts, I must not live in my past successes. 
This means that what I'm taking with me into the new year, into my new future, are lessons. We want to be wise people that learn, not fools that continue to repeat their folly. See, shame will cause me to continue to repeat past sins and mistakes and then perform new ones, new mistakes, new sins. This is why God wants not me to not have anything to do with toxic shame. Toxic shame says I'm a bad person. Healthy shame says I did a bad thing. But I'm of great value to God, no matter how sinful I am. Just as you feel about your children. This is how we feel about our pets, right? So it's imperative that we don't participate in toxic shame because it keeps us in bondage, it keeps us in the past, and it isolates us from getting help. So the only way to heal from that type of shame is through exposure. It means I confess my sin to another, and I am loved, and I'm prayed for, and I'm healed. God says, confess your sins one to another, and you will be healed. So we are to remember and to learn. We are not to relive. So we're, we're never to use, use hindsight for self-abuse. That's not what hindsight is for. Hindsight is to tell me where I've been and whether I want to bring that into my future or whether I want to leave it in the past. So we need our memories to remind us of either who we are or who we are not. If people have amnesia, dementia, Alzheimer's, many times relationship with them is not possible because they don't know who they are. They don't remember where they came from and they don't know where they're going. So when we're reviewing our past, we must resist judgment and condemnation because we know that God says to us, therefore there is now no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, he paid the price for our ability to learn and grow without being in debt. How powerful is that? He paid the price by dying on the cross so that we had time and grace and mercy to learn and grow and not be in debt. We're free. He paid the debt of our sin. So it's similar to your parents paying your, own, your car insurance while you're learning to drive. You're allowed to make mistakes. There's no other way to learn. And so God is aware of this, and he has made provision for it. I'm always comforted by the fact that God already provided for all the mistakes I have made and I'm going to make. When he was creating me, forming me in my mother's womb, he had already set up the provision that I was going to need as I learned, as I grew, as I made mistakes, 
as I needed to grow and change, he already made provision for all of my successes and all of my failures. So when I'm looking at past sins, past mistakes, I say to myself, well, did that work for me? Do I want to repeat it? Do I want to integrate that behavior into my being? If not, then I use it as a reference point to tell me not to do it. I know now what doesn't work, so I can check it off the list. I don't need to keep repeating it. I know it doesn't work. So it's a wonderful way to objectively go through the learning process of your life. If it's a repetitive issue, a repetitive sin, an ongoing besetting sin, then the learning process is finding out what's causing the repetition or the bondage to that particular behavior or cycle. See, Satan wants me to get caught up in how egregious the behavior is so that I'm so condemned and ashamed, I can't even conceive of healthy problem solving. God knows, and we must know, sin is never logical. It never is. That's why it's so embarrassing. Sin does not make any sense. But the enemy wants us to get caught up in logic. Instead of saying, I live in a fallen body, this is what comes naturally to me. And God knows that. He already signed up for it. I know that what comes naturally to my cat is to claw the furniture. I signed up for that when I bought a cat. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm going to help her do it. We're going to teach her not to do it. And she's really kind of getting with the program. She's doing a good job. But that's natural to her. And so because we are fallen people, sin is natural to us. doesn't mean it's good and healthy and that we just live naturally. It means that we resist that nature. So it's important as we close out the year that we let go of the good, the wonderful, the phenomenal experiences just as we let go and bury the bad and the mistakes. And so I, we're, we're going to close the show with um, this wonderful verse in Isaiah. It's chapter 43, verses 18 through 21. It's also out of the Message Bible. And it says, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert rivers in the badlands, wild anim animals will say thank you, the coyotes and the buzzards, because I provided water in the desert, rivers through the sun-baked earth, drinking water for the people I chose and the people I made especially for myself, a people custom made to praise me. I love this verse. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present, God's doing a brand new thing. It's bursting out. There it is. He's making roads in the desert and rivers in the badlands. That's our verse. That's the position of intention for 2018. God's doing a new thing in you. You need to perceive it. He loves you. He's forgiven you. And he's doing a really good work in you. And you can trust that. So join me tomorrow. We're going to keep talking about this closing the new year. And we're going to start on our third one, which is going to be talking about 
creating new beginnings for myself. Have a great rest of your day. God bless you. Make sure you check out the website. You can listen to last uh, Friday's show as well. Have a great day. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.